This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Zandra Robinson Burns, writer and the protagonist of Heroin Training. Today we are reflecting on The Artist's Way, week four, and joining me for this discussion is my co-host, the reading-deprived actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your art life? Oh, Zandra, my art life is not taking anything for granted anymore. <laughs> I, um, you know, I gave everyone a little lead up last episode because I realized that, oh my gosh, it's reading deprivation week next week. And, um, I, I really started planning, <laughs> like, how am I going to get through this? So I didn't, I didn't include this last week, but like, the the day before I started week four, I uh, I read like four books. Like I, I I read like two books of poetry and two plays. Like I had to like get as much <laughs> reading in as I possibly could. And um, we're gonna talk so much today about reading deprivation as a tool and all of the the good that it actually brought out of me this week. But um, but just to give everyone like a little a little frame to begin with, I a few nights ago in the middle of the night, I was just staring at my bookshelves and I was talking out loud to them. <laughs> I was saying like, I love you, baby. Like, I'll be back soon. I love you guys so much. You're all so beautiful. I miss you. I'm going to like never take you for granted ever again. So my art life is simply not taking things for granted. Zandra, how is your art life? <laughs> and writing love letters to your books. Exactly. My art life is adventuresome. I have a follow-up from last week's episode when we had started to brainstorm about my artist date where I needed to go to the bubble tea shop to pick up some bubbles for a recipe. And I was trying to think of like what could make it count as an artist date. And it was in rereading my notes from week four that I came across one of my answers to the prompt, list five things you personally would never do that sound fun. One of the things that I wrote down was the Walt Disney World Marathon, which my sister ran last year. Oh, well, and a running marathon. Yes. 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 I like, assumed movie run Disney. marathon because that's who I am. That is much more... Yeah, me too. <laughs> that I would do. But the Disney World running marathon is something that standing in... The, I've spent several hours standing around at Run Disney cheering on my sister. And I'm always like, oh, this looks like so much fun. <laughs> this looks like such an encouraging environment. But I also know deep down that it's not for me. I've run my fair share of half marathons. And I know that if I'm going to bother to go to Disney World, I want to be able to like enjoy the parks and not be hobbling around. So it's one of those things that I'm always feeling so conflicted about. But for this artist date, I decided to dust off my running shoes and jog to the bubble tea place. And it was for a Disney World-inspired meal anyway, so it all kind of clicked together. And it reminded me that sometimes a date 
is a compromise between the two people involved of like one person is really into something and the other isn't. So my artist wanted to go for this run and I was like, you know what? It's a date. We will we will figure out along the way what if you find it fun, then maybe I'll find it fun too. What a unique experience. And I love how this discussion from last week about, oh, the artist date should feel like a date is bringing up all of these new ideas for us and this new like way of um, setting intentions around the artist date. I think it's so interesting that you did it this way because I do think an important part of the artist state can be that it's a challenge or that it's something that scares you a little bit or that's something that maybe you do have a little resistance to. So that, you know, that doesn't mean doing something bad or something you don't, you know, you, you won't enjoy, but I think the, it is a dedicated practice in part to get out of your comfort zone. Maybe that's a better way to say it. So I love that, yeah, your 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 inner artist was yearning to do something that that maybe the rest of you wasn't. And you said, okay, I'll jog. You have this idea. Okay. It's so lovely. I love that it's like this conversation that you had. We're both having conversations with in like um, unusual circumstances. I'm going crazy. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of going crazy... Let's jump right in to week four. So it's it's recovering a sense of integrity is the chapter title this week. And that's like my favorite word, um, especially last year, I would say, like in 2020, if I were to pick a word that encapsulated my experience and my priorities, it would be integrity. And so I had this rush of excitement when I saw that the chapter is titled Recovering a Sense of Integrity, just because that is like my favorite word and my favorite practice right now. And then it was swiftly followed by your two least favorite words, <laughs> reading deprivation. Oh how, my gosh. <laughs> how do you reconcile that? So I am certainly a fan of I I am excited at certain challenges even those like if I have big resistance to something I do get a little excited because I know that it's going to be good for me you know like just like you were talking about the the Disney marathon like like my whole thing with fitness and how scary it was for me at first and how I grew to love it. Or I did the Batman 5K, listeners will remember, like you know, more than a year ago. That was something that I was really resistant to, but did and was very rewarding. Um, so I knew, you know, once I realized that it was reading deprivation week, I certainly had a lot of resistance, a lot of dramatic complaining, um, a lot of suffering, capital S is suffering in anticipation for this week. But I was also excited because I knew that it was going to be good for me. Um, I think the circumstances of still having an extremely limited social life and, you know, work life outside of the home made it particularly intimidating because um, I knew, I don't remember, to be honest, Sandra, I don't remember if I've ever 
intentionally also cut out movies and TV mm. during reading deprivation week. I don't remember, um, but I did this week. So I said, no reading, no television, no movies. And um, I did allow myself to have some input from things that I normally feel that I don't have time for. So like I did watch some spiritual talks on YouTube and some like heart healing kind of meditation talks because that's something that I want to explore, but that I always feel like, oh, I don't really have time to do this. I've got other things on my list. Or at the end of the day, I just want to watch a movie. So that um, experience was good because it ended up opening up a lot of conversations with Keitra, who's also doing The Artist's Way, or my sister, who um, who wants to start. We talked a lot about reading deprivation what it means, you know, in 2021 versus when the book was written in 1990, like all of these other things that we can um, numb out with, like social media and podcasts. There's so much uh, more around us that we can distract ourselves with. And so like that, that tool has a new meaning um, now. Or like we have to be aware that it's not just no reading books it's what am I consistently numbing out with? And for me, it is reading and and television and movies. And, you know, for Keitra, she was saying, well, she really needs to take a break from, like, podcast listening and, like, obsessive note-taking and to-do list writing and Googling because that's what she fills up her brain's her mental space with. And I thought that was so interesting because I think people have different different you know medias that they go to to just fill up their brain with chatter um so like for me like podcast isn't one of them i don't have a bunch of podcasts that i'm constantly listening to Kajra listens to like five different podcasts a day wow yeah yeah which i find admirable because i'm like she's so informed on the news and on like certain actor podcasts but for, for her she's gonna have to deprive herself of that as her practice for me, I do like compulsively read and compulsively watch TV and movies. So of course I had resistance to this because that's how I, I mean, while I love those things and enjoy those things, it is also how I, I don't know what the right word is. It's just, it's how I numb out. I don't know how else to say it. It's how I avoid sitting with myself and my feelings. Um, and for some people that would be social media, like for some people, they might read the reading deprivation toolkit and say, um, I don't ever read, so this is no problem. You know, they might go, I never haven't read a book in two years. No problem. But then it's like, okay, well, then what is the thing you need to cut out? Is it social media? That's the beauty of this book, and that speaks to its timelessness, is that just like you and I over uh, several episodes have been trying to like suss out our own definition of the artist date, she purposefully leaves it vague because the artist's way is interpretive. It is personal to the individual. And reading deprivation, like you say about each person being numb because of something or several things that they do, it's about listening to 
what definition you know you need. Exactly. There isn't this exact uh, rule list of like, this counts and this doesn't. I remember reading that list of suggested activities so many times during that week because I was like, wait, just what counts, what doesn't count, and realizing like, this is really... This is really up to my own definition, isn't it? I think that's so important because it really is, especially because the book was written before social media and other, you know, and podcasts and there are other things. Those are just my my best examples. Um, I think that, yeah, we have to discern individually what reading deprivation means and what we should do instead. What is new to us? Like, or what is something that we we want to do that we normally neglect. Like for me, the YouTube, like the watching, the, the the spiritual talks, like that's helpful. That's good for me. And that's uh, sh- that's shaking up my normal routine, even though it's still like input. It's still inputting noise. But um, I will, you know, coming back from this, gosh, I feel like I could do two hours of reading deprivation talk now coming back, no, now reaching the end. Thank God. I do want to say, like, I miss my books and I miss my movies and shows. I was fascinated by the fact that I missed reading much more than television or movies. Mm. Um, That was surprising to me. And I even feel now, you know, being in the last evening, I feel aware of certain shows that I watch that aren't giving me anything that are like just complete, not even candy, like it's not even fun. I'm just watching things that don't even make me feel anything. And so I'm aware of certain specific media that I'm that I'm consuming normally that I don't even like. So that was fascinating. But the biggest thing, Sandra, and you may have even noticed this just because you were pretty connected, Oh my God. So this is exactly what should happen, right? And it's it's what should happen. It's freaking hilarious. I have certain things on my to-do list that have been in, you know, in my passion planner for months, some of these things. And um, there are things that I've just been putting off and, oh, I'll get to it, you know, or I'll do like one piece of this hundred item list um, so, so some big things, uh, that were on that list that I kept resisting were, for example, filling up a Depop shop with all of this clothing that I want to sell. Ooh. I have so much, um, vintage clothing, wardrobe from photo shoots, like so many things that I never wear or that I've only worn once. And, um, I've been meaning to set up a Depop shop forever, because it's, it's it's wasteful to just have it sitting in my closet. And it's, some things are not even my style. Um, some things don't even fit me right. Because again, it's like for, I wore it once for a shoot and then I got to keep it. So uh, I, I, compl- like, I had this on my list for so long. And then I completely finished this week within the first day of reading Deprivation. I, I filled up my uh, Depop shop in completion with everything I had set aside. Um, and then the next day, okay, we're on day two. (laughs) I was like, all right, day two, you know, there's nothing, nothing to fill up my brain. Gotta do something. Filled up my Etsy shop. And, uh, you know, I've, I had told you I, I launched it and I mentioned on the show that I launched it, but I had put up one item 
and I filled it out completely. I set up a, a listing for com like art commissions. I set up, you know, all my other postcards and some original art pieces and Polaroids. And, you know, I, compl I did everything that I had available, just filled, filled the shop up and it was like exciting. And I shared it and, you know, um, start some like podcasts I listened to shared it because I had like art for thing for like Stephen King things that they talk about um so that was really cool because it like people were sharing my work and sharing my Etsy and that made me so happy and it was just so funny because it was you know in two days that, that was the first 48 hours of reading deprivation I completed these major tasks that had been on my list that were work-related and, um, and it, it, you know, it took some time, but it was like, what am I doing with my day normally? <laughs> I was like, what am I normally spending my time doing? Because if I just sat down and did this, I got it done really quickly. And it was very satisfying to do so. And then last but not least, I will say the third thing that I did is, um, and this, this, this is the part that's like, this is the real beauty of reading deprivation is the sitting with yourself the really facing things, thinking about things. So I, as you know, I shut down my Patreon um, a few months ago. And that was a decision I made for a whole lot of reasons. And it was the right decision. Uh, and I, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I made that decision. But I've been missing, first of all, I've been missing like m having consistent income, I guess, from my work or like from myself self-created work um there was like a community and a financial aspect both of patreon that i missed but the other thing is just that i as a model i can't always share my work online and that's actually part of my issue with patreon like we've spoken privately about some of their rules about um like the female body that make me uncomfortable uh, part of the reason I, you know, but I've discussed with you privately, part of the reason I left that platform is I was uncomfortable with some of their policies and how the rules only applied to certain creators and even, you know, certain women who were very famous didn't have the same rules apply to them, much like Instagram. So that made me uncomfortable and I decided to, that was a big factor of why I decided to leave Patreon. So, a big factor, you know, that I didn't discuss publicly because it wasn't relevant to the other reasons. I had been, for the past few months, yearning to be able to share my work again. I'll shoot something with my friend Eric that is, like, beautiful and I'm so proud of, but I can't share it online because there's, you know, these social media platforms have become increasingly puritanical where they're just deleting people's accounts, uh, even if they're not breaking rules. Um, Instagram and is a you know, great example of this where there I'm you know I have friends whose accounts have just been deleted with no warning people with hundreds of thousands of followers and it took years to build that following wow. uh, and it's not just models it's not just sex workers it's you know it's also models it's also sex therapists it's like yeah, it's like oh my gosh. like coaches like, who are teaching about um sexuality you know, not related to sex work at all. So people are losing their following, losing their, you know, sources of income. Um, these things that take years to build and are very important 
to, to get the word out, um, people who are doing good work, healing work for our culture, and it's like this massive like wipeout that's happening, and there's nothing you can do. I've seen poets get their accounts um, completely deleted recently. Poets who like used to be strippers and aren't anymore because their brand is like highly connected to once being a stripper. It's just insane. Not so cool. not, not cool. Co- it's just not cool. Yeah, it's just not cool. And for me, and it's a little scary. <laughs> It's scary. Oh, it's absolutely scary, right? Tumblr has completely fallen apart since they've yeah. banned certain content. Like, people aren't even on it, and that happens so quickly. So for me, as an artist, I it wasn't just, oh, I want to make money, and what do I do with this work? It's like, I can't put my work up anywhere on the internet. I was like, I literally don't know where to share things because I don't want my accounts deleted for like even little things like grabbing at your clothes you can get your your photos or account deleted yeah i mean it's become scary what the rules are um and people don't know this if it's not affecting them or their friends but yeah some of the rules it's also like um you know artists of color are getting deleted or people with body types that aren't like thin white girl are getting deleted much more frequently. And that's always been true about Instagram. So there's all of this stuff going on that's really scary and not cool. And I have been afraid because I don't want to lose my social media accounts because I I need them for work. They do help me get work. They help me connect to other artists that I, I want to work with and have, you know, I have great discussions with people I admire. Um, over like Instagram DMs, like all of that's because of years of building relationships and a following and a clear aesthetic and all of these things. So long story short, the past few months, I've had dreams, literal dreams overnight about starting an OnlyFans. (laughs) And I'll wake up and I'll go, no, because I said that I was like done with the digital media world, like digital modeling thing. You know, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to run another thing. Because I got so much done in the two days of (laughs) of having (laughs) reading deprivation enforced upon me or upon myself, I finally just took the leap. And what I did is I set up, I did a bunch of research about actors and musicians who have OnlyFans now. Like, this is like a, you know, a fan site that was basically like Patreon created so that fans could directly just pay creators for like behind the scenes look like looks at their work um and interactions it's mu- it's a lot like Patreon it but there's a stigma attached to it because it kind of got as- like associated with sex work and with porn and um so that's but that's not only what it's for so I did some research and I saw that you know there are fitness people on there giving fitness advice. There are musicians who are like just allowing people to have, you know, like their fans to have a subscription and interact with them. And um, I thought that was so cool. I was like, wait, there's this whole world going on that I didn't even know about because I too was just making an assumption that isn't true. So started an OnlyFans and I set it up with, as we love, very clear boundaries on the front page that said, you know, I said, I said, um, I'm sharing one photo a day and, you know, here is what 
that would could be like here's what my modeling work usually is or it will be a photo from behind the scenes on set or it will be you know a fun self-shot photo from travel um one photo a day and I was very clear about what kind of work I make and what I don't make and I said like I don't make any custom work like if you send me any message that makes me uncomfortable you will be blocked thank you for understanding done right and um I and I launched it and I have the, the thing that was the best feeling is I have nine years of archived modeling work Zandra that I'm proud of like work that I am proud of and inspired by that I've made with, you know, people who are now dear friends of mine and just like, it's a cool exploration. So I've now already scheduled posts for throughout like the end of February. Cause I have, and I could, I went through and I could, you know, schedule through the end of the year if I wanted to, um, just in terms of how much content I already have. And I'm just like so happy right now because people joined. I, I uh, you know, I launched it about two days ago. So within 48 hours, I'm like in the top 22% of creators on there already. And that feels good, of course, to like see a number and say, hey, you're already doing well on this platform. But, um, but it was just like such a relief to share my work. I was like, oh, I, yeah, what I want is to just be able to share this with people. And oh then, of gosh. course, you know, synchronicity, the universe provided me with a couple of photographers I've worked with in the past, like, few months, all of a sudden sent me, oh, like, they hadn't gotten edits done because they'd had, you know, family stuff going on. Bunch of people suddenly sent me, um drop boxes of like edited photos from our shoots that are like some of my favorite things I've ever seen that, that we I've created and I'm like it's just perfect synchronicity right so now I'm even more excited and it's just it's just fun like I just I'm so happy that I did this reading deprivation thing and it, you know this is the end of my rant I am um, the end of the story is this wouldn't have happened if I had not done reading deprivation because I had been stuffing that feeling down for months and I had been stuffing it down because of some incorrect preconceived notions about like what that website was and because for whatever reason I was just stopping myself from making money like with virtually no work involved i have all of those that work done and i just want to share it and it was just like okay sitting with myself what do i do with this energy what do i do with my time why don't i make my own life easier and set up this fan page that i've has been gnawing at me like i wanted to do it and it's already so rewarding so that's the long story of reading deprivation week and what it inspired and that that you know it brought on all these synchronicities and just a feeling of like deep satisfaction for following my intuition that i frankly would not have followed if i had been able to just drown it out congratulations this Thank is you. news to me <laughs> I, I know i hadn't told you it was i mean i i really put it up like two days ago oh my gosh and i'm off the grid. So um, I, I love finding out this way with all of you. 
Um, and I, I'm so excited to check this out. I'm so happy for you. And I love how you've connected it back to this idea of sometimes the answers show up when we're not doing things, when we're not like taking arbitrary actions or not mm-hmm. busying ourselves, as we've talked about. Sometimes it's, it's less about what we're doing and more about what we're making room for. Yeah, I think that comes up a lot on this show. And there are so many things about the artist's way and about our podcast that informed this decision that has been so rewarding already. Even the boundary setting. like, mm. And just the allowing yourself to share your work that you're proud of instead of locking it down. It just amazes me that you had these literal dreams <laughs> and it took this week to really process and and listen and consider what signs were showing up for you. I am so excited to hear how everyone else's week was because I think this can be can go so many ways and my experience of reading deprivation was quite different and didn't have such an epiphany of an outcome where, first of all, when I was going through the artist's way, reading deprivation week fell on the election week. And it was such a great lesson (laughs) in like news consumption self-care that it, it actually came up again this week during the inauguration. And it was Um, like a a practice round for what I had learned last time. And I realized I actually feel better when I'm not so plugged in to what is to the play by play of what is going on, especially when the stakes are so high. And so I listened to some podcasts about like, here's the latest today. And I realized I feel so much better that way than when I'm like compulsively checking on the hour because um, as people may remember, we weren't really getting updates that frequently about the election anyway. So it would have been disappointment after disappointment in terms of any any new news. Right. It took like a week anyway, right? Yeah. That's so interesting. And so you got to utilize that week (laughs) in the best way possible instead of compulsively checking. And it was sort of like it, 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 it where your example is like it made way for this for these breakthroughs and for you to finish tasks that had been outstanding for a long time. For me it was just like getting through the week and it was I was able to do that and maintain a sense of like my usual week more so than I ever would have if I didn't have that that challenge presented to me, I would have totally been more glued on on the goings on of the world. Well, and that's a that's a really good reminder too that I think this will be so individualized for people because there are even more than you and I. There are people listen, who listen to this show who are like obsessive about reading the news and and reading the news on Twitter. Um, And those people might also choose to deprive themselves of it for a week. And so 
you know, even without the election going on the week that they do it, because whenever you're listening to this, some people might listen to this episode, you know, two years from now, whenever you're listening to it, just not inundating yourself with the news will be a huge change, even if it's not election week. I will end on a a fun story that the main thing that came out of reading Deprivation Week for me was I kind of fell into a a YouTube rabbit hole joyously. YouTube chose that time to recommend to me a a video about roller coaster history. And from there, it it just sparked in me these kinds of exercises in the artist's way about like what did you like to do when you were a child? And for me, it was roller coasters. And I would memorize the stats and read the roller coaster database news and anticipate going to Kings Island and Bush Gardens, Virginia, growing up. And so I was like, what's going on in that world? And I found this sub-genre of YouTube of, of coaster videos. And I just like, I spent hours watching them and felt kind of guilty about it because I was like, just this... This isn't really in the spirit of the thing, is it? But I had such a grand time that I decided to let myself do it. I reignited a forgotten obsession of mine. And one thing that I noticed about reading deprivation is how often when I'm watching a YouTube video, I'll scroll down and read the description, read the comments, like while the video is still playing. And Mm -hmm. I guess it's kind of designed for you to do that. But I realized if I just like put it on full screen, on a pillow, arms distance away from me and just watch the beautiful roller coaster videos, it can be cinematic. I love that it made you a better listener. Mm. You couldn't distract yourself even with reading the comments. Like also props to you for choosing to not do that because that's like that's that's commitment. I think that's commitment to reading deprivation. And uh and I think that but I think that going to down the YouTube rabbit hole is the right way to do it. Is you know, igniting your curiosity or passion about something from childhood. That's exactly what should happen. That's what I circled back to as well. Yeah. So thank you for the stamp of stamp of approval. Um, I will also say that since you have done the artist's way several times, you knew that this was coming. I, I, I knew it was I had heard about it and I knew it was coming at some point, but I didn't think it would be so soon as week four. And so when I turned the page and saw, oh, and make sure you don't skip your reading deprivation, I was furious. Because I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I, I need to make a note on our like week one podcast that we need people need to schedule this in. But actually, it was okay as a surprise because there were a few things that I had to do. I had book club coming up, and we were reading our friend Lori Kim's book. I had my Jane Austen reading to do for my Letters from Jane Austen project. There were some things that were just non-negotiable. And because I had to do some reading, I really noticed the difference in what it was like to pick up a book Mm. after a day of being deprived and notice how much more focused and grateful I was for that experience. 
yeah, this this experience of having the space to follow ideas or old passions is awesome. But I do really think also the 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 gratitude, the not taking reading or or watching things for granted anymore. I think that's really valuable. I've been thinking about the reading deprivation exercise as well, like you just mentioned about um, there's certain things you had to do. Uh, I've been thinking about how so much of the artist's way is about willingness to put ourselves first and put whatever our priorities are first. For so many of us, like the creative block is filling up your day with other people's needs or with homework assignments or with, you know, work tasks. And Julia Cameron talks about in the chapter how people say, well, no, you don't understand. I have to do this or that. I have to read this or that for work. And she says, no, you can you can actually find a way to get out of it. Um, and I, I like that you didn't as well. I, I like flexibility with the artist's way, like figuring out how to make it work for you. But um, I think so much of the challenge of the artist's way is choosing to be like what feels like selfish or choosing to commit fully to a practice that is just for you. Um, so I'm just, I, I'm just really excited to hear the stories from other listeners, especially those who have had deep resistance to the reading deprivation week. Yes. Write to us, the art life at heroinetraining.com. I mean, I will say I did put off my studying for my life in the UK test by a week. So I was like, great. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I did I did make some negotiations and kept but that's things good. that mattered to me. <laughs> you No, but that, I think but, that's perfect. You know, you said, okay, I don't have to do this homework, so I won't. <laughs> like, you're like, mm, it's my job to not do this homework for the week. But I will read my Snape book because it's important to me. I think that's the perfect way to experience reading deprivation. Oh, well. Yeah, Snape book is the line. Citizenship, not important. <laughs> less, less important. Citizenship can wait. Grace, what is the art life? Oh, the art life is literally following your dreams. <laughs> Zandra, what is the art life? The art life is conversations with your bookshelf. One thing I did during reading deprivation week when we we did keep our date to watch Gilmore Girls with our friends like we do every Friday night. That's so cute. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> I love it. And I noticed we had a bookshelf at the time right next to the area where we would watch TV. And I just found myself reading the titles over and over. So I actually turned the spines of my book around in my commitment to this week and then eventually moved the books into another room because I realized they were distracting me from cinema time. That is so funny. Oh my gosh. I love that like it ended up inspiring a total furniture rearrange, which, by the way, I think, I think that is one of her suggested things to do instead. Oh, it she's is. She's like, rearrange furniture, but she also says rearrange bookshelves. And she's like, it's dangerous to do this. <laughs> like, ooh. And I love that you ended up doing that without even realizing. 
It took time. A lot of these things, like I've noticed going through my notebook about each week, is like I wrote down some ideas and then I implemented them in the coming weeks and months. Sometimes. Uh, consciously, like with last week's artist date, and sometimes mm-hmm. just because the idea was fresh and I forgot that it came from this at all. I think there will be a lot of that in the coming months where we realize down the line why a certain decision, a certain positive decision happened. Oh, it's it was you know was sparked in whatever chapter that we have since downloaded and digested, but maybe forgotten about consciously. It's magic. Do we have any new people joining us on this Artist's Way journey or any new listener stories that we want to share before wrapping up? We do have a welcome to a, a new artist joining us. Welcome to Isa, my great friend and mentor. It is suitable that I am welcoming her as we're recording Reading Deprivation Week because I am just dreading getting an email from her when it comes up and the, the surprise is out because she will particularly dislike that task and I um, can't wait to hear how it goes for you, Isa. We did not We did not write the book, Isa. I want to be clear. We did not write <laughs> The Artist's Way. It's not our fault that this is happening to you. But we have added her name to the list that is growing on our website of everyone else in our creative cluster. And there are links when applicable to um, to artists' work. And so if you're joining us and you haven't written in yet, please write to us, theartlife at heroinetraining.com, or send us a postcard to the P.O. box, and we would love to add your name to the list And every episode, we also like to read a reader review from one of you answering the question, what is the art life? So you can leave us a review in the Apple Podcasts store, and we would love to read your answer on the show. Yes, please tell us what is the art life in a listener review. Um, until then, Zandra, you just mentioned that we're putting people's names up on your website, those who are joining us for The Artist's Way, to com- commemorate this experience. Um, but there's so much else that's going on on your website. So please uh, tell our listeners, where can people find your art? You can find my art at heroinetraining.com. That's where my essays are. I'm trying to think if I have anything roller coaster re- related going on there. Um, over time, I'm sure. Um, and I lately I've been thinking of some I've been compiling a list of like, if I were on social media, here are the like little things that I would be sharing. Here are little links that I'm excited about. So I have a list of that that's going to come up soon for my newsletter that's just going to go out on a, new, a one-off newsletter. So the best way to catch things like that is to subscribe at heroinetraining.com slash subscribe. Grace, now, as of two days ago and going forwards, where can people find your art? 
So the best way to keep up with me is still Instagram. Thank goodness. I still have that account. Um, And I, I, you know, adjusted my like link in bio situation so that there's basically a list now of everything we just talked about. So over on Instagram, I have listed the art life and Etsy and my Depop shop and my IMDb and uh, and the OnlyFans account. So that's like a great place to go if you want to keep up with me and daily life and uh, also see the 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 grand list of where to find my art. Um, if you are a fan of uh, fine art photography and classic Hollywood glamour, like my OnlyFans was just launched, and that's that's uh, most of my body of work. Um, but yeah, just like check me out on Instagram or check me out on the Art Life website and decide from there. Well, I hope this episode has kept some people company during their week four if they've decided to include podcasts hang in there (laughs) we'll be back next week for week five and in the meantime from my side of the world i wish you all a good morning and from my side of the world i wish you all a good night bye bye This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson-Burns. You can find us online and subscribe to our newsletter at theartlife.show. And send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91617. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.